Hello and welcome to the Ocean Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Silverwood, and our guest on the podcast today is Andrew Davies, who is the CEO of B-Lab Australia and New Zealand. So, as you might have guessed, this is a conversation all about B Corps and this burgeoning movement right across the world for businesses who are driven to not only make profit, but to also leave a positive impact on people, place, and planet. Ever since I learned about B Corps many years ago, I've been intrigued at the origin story behind it, where it's come from, where it is now, and of course, where it's heading. So in this conversation, we dive right into the big picture, the story globally, but also a bit of a peek into what's happening in Australia and New Zealand. If you follow Ocean Impact Organization's journey, you would see that we have aligned ourselves with many different B Corps, uh, particularly for the Ocean Impact Pitch Fest, which was presented by Bank Australia, but also had lots of other B Corps involved in the Pitch Fest Partner Network. We absolutely love what B Corps are all about and what the B Lab community are doing all around the world. So if you don't know a great deal about B Labs and the B Corp movement, this is a podcast for you. If you enjoy it, please share it around, tell your friends and rate the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Ocean Impact Podcast. Very excited to have on the Ocean Impact podcast today, Andrew Davies, who is the CEO at B-Lab Australia and New Zealand. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Tim. So let's learn a little bit about you, Andrew. Um, can you tell us uh, your role at B-Lab Australia and New Zealand and maybe a little bit about your career that's led you up to this point? Sure. So, yeah, I have the good fortune of looking after um, the B Corporation movement in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we're organised with a series of global partners that are independent organisations, so we have our own board and governance, but we, are, we work with our global um, B Lab organisation to help businesses become certified B Corporations and then work with them once they are, uh, a bit like an industry association, so we have a community of businesses that we work with to, to engage with them and activate them on issues and causes and the ongoing journey of improving their impact as businesses. Uh, so there's a small team of us, we're based in Melbourne, um, and how I got here, well, that's a bit of a strange story that I, that's, that's a longer story than we've got time for, but I think that it's, it's equal parts, um, well, small part strategy, big part good fortune. Um, I've worked in all sorts of different organisations, started off in, in law, um, ended up in big listed organisation in different roles and life took a turn when my father-in-law became ill and I had to, my wife and I took over a family business. So we went from quite big to quite small and then underneath that, I started a couple of businesses that were very small and learnt lot, lots from some failures and a few successes here and there. And really that, that move into family business gave me a different perspective on I guess the idea of not just running a business, but being a custodian of an enterprise for a longer term. I think anyone that runs a family business gets that perspective. And I think the experience of working in different sizes and shapes of business really gave me some valuable perspective. And, and 
that's probably the best thing about what I do now is, is working with so many different businesses within the B Corporation community. Um, lots of different industries and sectors and some publicly listed, some privately owned, some startups and some very old businesses. And I think, you know, I've, I've had some good fortune to get where I am, but that's an enormous opportunity to work with this community of businesses. Uh, and seeing them do what they do is, is just a heck of a lot of fun. So I'm not sure a lot of strategy got me here, but I'm pretty pleased that I, I am here. Sounds awesome. And we'll definitely get to talk about some of those businesses who have made the journey to become B Corps very soon. But just diving a little bit deeper, I suppose, into this idea of purpose. You talk about how rewarding it is to, to lead this team at B Lab Australia in New Zealand. So aside from your experience as being a custodian of a family business, you know, what sort of drives you from that purpose perspective? Yeah, well, I think to me, you tend to probably early on in your career, you, you end up going down certain pathways. And for me, it was very much the private sector and the business world. And I think we're at this fascinating time where we're seeing the impact of businesses who can move capital and, and, and create solutions, as well as, of course, problems on a scale far greater than many governments. And it's a, both a terrifying reality, but also quite an exciting one in the sense that um, harnessing that power is, is really significant for solving some of the challenges that face the world. So I see it both from the perspective of the, the need to act and, and um, act in response to climate change is probably the most obvious example, but also the opportunity to act, the opportunity to create change at quite a small level or a local community level. Business has a huge role to play. And I really see the, the conversation has shifted fundamentally from this idea that it's the role of businesses to make some money and employ people and provide jobs to, to a much more comprehensive relationship, which is the reality of uh, how we live, where the vast majority of us work for businesses or start businesses. Um, that's how we, we create livelihoods. But the concept goes much deeper than simply an income. It goes into how we live our lives and, and the well-being that we generate for ourselves. So, yeah, I think it's, it, there's something really positive in thinking about harnessing that power to create a, a positive set of impacts, and that's really what the B Corporation movement is all about. Gosh, you're certainly speaking our language there. Tell us a little bit about um, your relationship with the natural world and specifically with the ocean. Is there something that uh, ties us into this conversation today on the Ocean Impact podcast for you personally? Yeah, look, I think like any, or like the, probably the vast majority of Australians, the ocean to me represents um, you know, escape and leisure time. Um, I've never conquered surfing, but I'm an avid paddler and just finally got a kayak um, after years of wanting one. Um, the ocean for me is my, my escape. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm really interested in it from a, from a broader governance question. I mean, the ocean is our, is our genuinely open wild space in the world in the sense that putting aside some obvious um, territory claims over parts of it, fundamentally, it's the part of the world that is unclaimed and, and not sovereign. And I think really exploring that is fascinating because it speaks to the interdependence that we have uh, as, as a world. As, uh, uh, the, the idea of sovereignty is um, sometimes seen as so critical, but we know when it comes to big problems like climate, sovereignty is irrelevant. And I think the ocean really speaks to that most clearly. So for me, if, if, if we can't organise um, as, as humanity to really respond to the needs of the ocean, then that's going to be a pretty fundamental um, problem for us all to face. So I, I love the idea that, that the ocean represents the, the clearest challenge that we have to face 
um, in meeting some of the, the, the climate issues and the way we've been poor custodians of our natural environment. Yeah, and right into, again, our wheelhouse where we love to provocatively call it planet ocean, not planet Earth, because it is the blue beating heart of our planet. And unless we can collectively respond to the challenges of the ocean, then we're going to get flicked off like a flea on an itchy dog's back. <laughs> so uh, let's go into a bit of the origin story of B Corps. Let's assume our listeners out there are learning about B Corps for the first time. Um, what are they? How did it all start? How many? Let's go into some of those uh, conversation points. Sure. So the the movement, as we call it, as much as anything, started in 2007 out of the US. The origins um, really come from a, a few few guys, our founders, who had started a um, basketball shoe business and grew it with great success, but had always grown it with a focus on creating a really strong, uh, positive impact business at a time that perhaps those words didn't mean what they mean now. They went through an experience when they when they grew that business and sold it where they were forced to uh, accept uh, the highest price that was available to them. And that really, they knew that that business was going to be stripped out and sort of some of the positive practices and policies that they'd put in place were, were effectively destroyed. But they had no choice but to sell it under the, the laws of the country at the time. They really then reflected on, well, what next and, and what should we do with, with the success that we've had? And long story short, they ended up, really focusing on what was it that they had built and how could they share that idea with others. So they developed the B Corporation platform and what it is is a certification. Uh, most simplistically, uh, B Corp certification is to business what fair trade is to coffee in, in the sense that it's a third-party certification that speaks to how well is your business designed um, or organised for positive impact. Uh, breaking that down a little bit more, uh, it's based on an impact assessment platform, which is effectively like a very deep survey. You ask a couple of hundred, you're asked a couple of hundred questions about your business and you earn points based on how you answer those. Importantly, you earn points for the way your business is designed for positive impact uh, on, on people, place and planet. You don't lose points. So there are some really important organisations out there that when they talk about ethical investing, they screen out certain businesses or sectors. We don't tend to do that. We tend to only award points for positive impact. So it's a very open platform. And if you earn enough points by being well designed, then you can achieve certification. And to get there, that also requires a, an audit or a verification process that we run you through. So what you get is a trust mark. You can put the B Corporation logo on your business and it speaks to um, the credibility of your business and the um, positive impact that it's designed to have. What, what that means in practice is that as businesses become certified, we've built a community. There's now 3,500 of them globally. And they then start to uh, work together to really drive the concept of using business as a force for good. Sometimes that means active campaigns around issues. Other times it means that they're just collaborating with each other and sharing best practices around how to have a positive impact business. Uh, and most fundamentally, it creates a community of people who are align they've got a values alignment around the idea of the role of business and i think that's probably the the most fundamental thing that comes from this is we're a tribal people humans we like to gather with like-minded people and that's probably the most powerful element of of the b corporation community is the people behind it uh, and the work that they do as they move into other businesses as well yeah we were talking a little bit before we started recording about um 
OIO and, and how we've used, I suppose, the B Lab, B Corp directory for Australia and New Zealand to look towards partners and supporters to help us on our mission. And it really is just an incredible community. And I know everyone that we interact with and have so far is just so open and supportive of building this community. I should uh, stress as well, Tim, that um, in achieving certification, it's an enormously high standard of social and environmental performance. It's a very, very high bar. And so often it can take a couple of years for businesses to get there, particularly if they're older, more complex businesses. But that's a really important part of the process is that what we're about is creating change in business. So it's not simply about putting elephant stamps on a few high performers. It's really about encouraging businesses to go through the assessment, to change the way they're designed, to improve their impact. That's where the real magic happens for us. And that's where the value is often really delivered is when a business goes into this thinking, well, I reckon I do some things pretty well and most businesses do some things well, but most businesses also find something uh, in part of their organisation that could be improved. And that's really a key key concept that we encourage all businesses to sort of, I hate using the word journey, but to get on this journey uh, and to, to start thinking about how they could be better organised. I have heard recently that speaking about being on this journey, I mean, the number of certified B Corps in Australia and New Zealand versus the number who are on that journey who have got applications in the system is, is quite uh, yeah, quite big numbers there. Do you want to talk us through some of those in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, sure. So in, in our region, we've got just over 300 certified B Corporations and there's close, closer to 5,000 um, users of the impact platform. Globally, the numbers are consistent with that, if not even even higher number of, I think there's now close to 100,000 users of the impact platform. Now, of course, not all those users are people who are going to take their business through to certification. But as I said before, that's fine by us. We, we see that as really powerful uh, for any business to be using the platform. And I think the other interesting uh, thing for us, again, consistent with global, is that we're seeing increasingly larger businesses engage. Uh, that's something that has challenged us as a global organisation. How do you certify a, a large global multinational compared to a small consultancy operating out of Sydney? The reality is we've had to retool our processes in order to be able to do that credibly. That's a really um, challenging exercise and results in very complex processes, but that's also, I think, a really positive thing to see very large businesses come on this process and think about how can we use this toolkit to improve. So I mentioned before the directory, so anyone can go and check that out now and see some of those 300 plus businesses in the region. But maybe let's talk about some of those bigger brands globally that have become certified. These will be some brands that obviously people listening in will be quite familiar with. Sure. I mean, one of our great global heroes, of course, is Patagonia, a business that is um, perhaps even better known for its position on multiple sustainability issues as it is for its products themselves. Um, and they seem to be constantly pushing boundaries there in their approach to business. They are undoubtedly an impact first organization. Other brands that pretty familiar with people that have slightly different stories is someone like a Ben and Jerry's. Um, ben and Jerry's ice cream is um, make re really fantastic brand, um, whether or not their ice cream is your flavor of choice. They, they use their brand to really in a very, um, human way challenge people to think about issues um, they're not afraid to use their brand um, and the way they do that is often with a good dose of humor uh, and then there's brands like body shop international who, who again are, have got a long track record 
um, since Anita Roddick founded that business based on um, a new approach to cosmetics and particularly focused on animal cruelty and then having an impact in the developing world. So some of those brands, uh, Body Shop is relatively new to the B Corporation community. Um, of course, its history goes back much further in terms of being a great impact first organisation. Um, but for its own reasons, achieving certification came later in its, in its life cycle. Locally, look, locally, we've also got some fantastic brands. Most recently, we've had Kathmandu uh, certify now New Zealand-based business. Um, Sinlay is another one that recently certified in New Zealand, perhaps not as well known given it's a milk producer, a milk nutrition company. But they do amazing things working with local farmers throughout New Zealand uh, where they actually have a pretty deep program for helping farmers improve sustainability on their farms and they reward that through paying higher prices for milk at the farm gate. And, and digging into their sustainability programs is just fascinating how committed they are even though they're not running the farms, they see it as part of their supply chain responsibility. And it's a huge business. So getting them certified was, it was a real challenge, but a, a really significant achievement for them and I think for our B Corp community. And then there's other great stories. There's, I think you've had a couple on your podcast already with people like Abigail from Keep Cup. Um, Abigail Forsyth has been a leader in really driving the reusables movement in coffee cups. I think one of those great brands that has transcended from... Uh, a simple product to a brand and then a, a, a word that we all use now to describe our coffee, our reusable coffee cups. So I think there's some great stories. Um, I'd, I'd love, I could kind of talk all day about these um, because again, this is what excites me really digging into what makes these businesses special. Yeah. And, uh, and many more I can imagine um, be remiss not to mention Bank Australia who were certified this year, which is um Great to see. And another one that came up uh, when talking about Ben and Jerry's was um, Republic of Everyone, a, a Sydney-based advertising agency who have done some brilliant campaigns with Ben and Jerry's, like the Don't Fudge the Future and taking a real swipe at some political leaders who've been a bit stagnant on some of these global issues. And look, the, um, yep. Sorry, just on that one, I mean, Bank Australia is a great example of, you know, where its brand starts and its um, impact focus finishes, it, they're one and the same. Um, Bank Australia's very proposition is about creating change and stimulating conversations. And I think that really zeroes in on an interesting conversation in Australia, which is, you know, that idea of the role of business is to kind of stick to its knitting and keep its nose out of what are sometimes called social issues. And that one fascinates me because businesses are, are people. They're just organised around a business. Um, people don't go to their jobs and stop having opinions and thoughts and needs. Uh, and I think Bank Australia is a, it is a great example of a business that has really decided to put its own reputation and brand at the forefront of what it's for. Um, and when you see that done well, it's, it's incredibly empowering. Awesome. I was going to lead into this um, conversation a bit about campaigns, um, just following on from that chat about uh, Ben and Jerry's and taking it to decision makers. So one campaign that uh, you guys really had success with last year, and maybe you can tell us a bit of the story behind it as to whether it was intended to be as big as it was, but that was the Not Business As Usual um, campaign. I wonder if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Look, no, I mean, it's a, it, it is one of those stories that um, to start off with, uh, we, I certainly can't claim much credit for. So it was Future Super that put together a, a pretty simple website uh, that was en enabling any business to 
support the school strike for climate that was happening in September 2019 that was one of those build-up strikes that was really going to be quite high profile. Not Business as Usual was a simple website where businesses could pledge to support it by potentially giving their team a day off or at least hosting a, a meeting in the afternoon to acknowledge the time of the strike or any number of different small things. And it was a great idea because it allowed you as a business to, to simply show support for something that was uh, started off really amongst a group of students. Then Intrepid Travel, another B Corp, came to us and said, hey, what can we do to, to either get involved or really boost this? Um, and to Future Super's credit, it wasn't even clear at the time that they were behind it. They did not put their brand in front of Not Business as Usual. And so we went to the B Corp community and said, well, can we raise some funds to maybe get an ad in the papers to, to really build awareness of this in the business community? And we came back within sort of 48 hours with enough money raised from the B Corp community to put ads in three major papers and a big online spread as well, which really put a rocket under the campaign. There were full page ads, simply asking businesses to get involved. And it was under the banner of this is not business as usual. We can't simply keep acting as if this is not happening. So it, it put a rocket under the campaign. It created really great engagement. It, it re-stimulated that conversation in Australia about the role of business to speak out, which was great for us because obviously the core issue was about climate and the school strike but it really agitated around that issue of what is the role of business to participate in these kind of conversations. And the other part that really fascinated me on that was, was how we, it was worked through the B Corps. So Future Super had the relationship with some of the student groups and how we navigated that or how Future Super navigated that around this idea of not wanting to be that traditional business co-opting something fantastic that a group of students had created. So they were deeply respectful of what the students wanted and I remember having phone calls where there was this incredible conversation where it was like, I didn't have direct phone calls with these organizing students, but the um, people who did were sort of relaying back to us and we were designing our strategy around the needs of some high schoolers. Um, and it was incredibly exciting to think that these people had created something great and our role is not to co-opt it. Our role was to try and amplify and how do we navigate that from a governance perspective. So it's a really enjoyable um, activity for us and we learned a lot from it. Yeah, and I remember it really well. Obviously, there was a lot of momentum building around that big September school strike for climate, and I attended the, the Sydney rally, and there was really nothing quite like it. But yeah, the fact that you saw those full-page ads and you could see that this was, you know, transcending into, you know, significant businesses was just a real compliment, I think, and really strengthened the entire um, campaign at that particular time. So you've been in the role now for... Um, what going on a year and a half almost so aside from you know campaigns like that what are some of your proudest moments um, since taking the helm of, as CEO of B-Lab Australia and New Zealand? Geez that's uh, well look certainly that was was an absolute highlight I think that um, we, we've done a huge amount of work behind the scenes in the last year uh, working with our global organisation, trying to grapple with some of the issues that lots of organisations face around how do we create scale, how do we grow. We've got um, huge demand that at the moment we're struggling to service to get businesses through the certification process because it is so rigorous, it takes a lot of time. And, and there's been a lot of work behind the scenes and on a personal level I've really enjoyed working with this global organisation, um, although occasionally it means very late nights and very early starts and sometimes both on the one day. But to, to help craft an organisation on the inside and bring some business experience to that on a personal level has been really exciting. I think seeing 
the different businesses and getting to know them and seeing them interact with each other also makes me really, really proud, I guess, um, to think that we're connecting businesses um, who would otherwise not normally have anything whatsoever to do with each other um, and getting them to work together um, to collaborate on campaigns like Not Business as Usual, but also just to collaborate on, on sharing ideas on how to be better businesses. So Intrepid Travel is a travel company and they've been carbon neutral for, for 10 years now, which for a travel business is enormously challenging. And they've just completely shared all of their practices and policies and all of their learnings with the B Corp community as to how they've gone through that. Um, and seeing them open source that information and seeing other businesses pick that up and fold it into what they do. Um, yeah, that makes me that makes me pretty proud that, that, that B-Lab is making that happen. So awesome. Sorry, I should, shouldn't take credit away from Intrepid for doing that, of course. <laughs> really awesome. And um, you mentioned there, you know, those, I suppose, challenges around meeting the demand for those businesses going through certification. Um, we found it really interesting in just sort of the last six to 12 months, how many people in our community and network are now shaping opportunities to become consultants and, and aides to help people, uh, businesses go on that B Corp journey. Um, yeah, and I think that there's, there's really important value in that. I think that that's the other thing to understand about this is that um, for most businesses to achieve certification, they have to change something. They have to change often quite complex things if they're a manufacturing business, changing uh, certain raw materials or sourcing different power is very complex. And so there is a growing pool of consultants who can help a business get there. It's not as simple as simply changing a few HR policies, although that is also a really important driver, but that's an example of probably something that's relatively straightforward to do. I think in many cases, it also prompts businesses to start to document things that they do that they've never documented before. And we've had great feedback too around the value of that. There's a fantastic business in South Australia um, in the Adelaide Hills called Unico Zello. Um, they also have Applewood Distillery and Laura and Brendan Carter started that business. They're winemakers, but they didn't own any land. They're a young couple and, and they wanted to change the way farming was done and they wanted to really connect with um, Indigenous custodianship of the land. So they really celebrate Indigenous um, traditional ingredients and particularly in their distillery. And they realised that in order to impact farmers, they needed to, to have scale. And when they became, when they wanted to get certified, we were demanding that they show us documentation through their supply chain. That's a normal part of certification. So they had to sit down with local farmers and help them document how they do their business. And just the energy that they brought to this and the kind of, um, uh, the way they stuck to it, the persistence that they had to, to, to engage with these farms, they've actually changed the way not just they operate, but a whole bunch of businesses in their local region. And again, that's a great example of, um, I think, businesses working together to create change. So for us, that's a really exciting process, notwithstanding it was bloody hard work for them. <laughs> no doubt. So with OIO being a real, I suppose, champion of business for good and business as unusual and impact-driven uh, startups, what would you sort of say to us to try and foster and support more businesses to go on the certification journey? Well, I think the easiest answer is keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, I think the Pitch Fest competition was a great way to really start a, a really rich conversation around finding businesses that are impact first and having a significant impact on the world around us. I think as well, challenge for organisations like yours who, who is dependent on building good partnerships is to think about who you're partnering with. What are the businesses that you're looking to work with? 
So we've talked a lot about um, businesses changing themselves. It's another key driver is who are you doing business with and, and what's important to you in making those decisions and something like B Corp certification can be a, a mark that you look for in forming partnerships. So I think that simply having the conversation around what it means to be an impact oriented business is really important. Educating people about what that means. How can you, this idea of profit and purpose, how can you make money whilst solving a problem? And increasingly we see the two as certainly not a trade-off. And in fact, increasingly um, with bigger businesses, especially a clear public benefit purpose will drive profit on a number of different levels. And you're seeing organisations like McKinsey and Deloitte's recently writing about how that is um, showing up in some numbers and data. So I think talking about impact is really important, but then also celebrating the examples of how does that work in a business context? How do you create businesses that are profitable, successful, but are also having a positive impact? That's fundamentally about storytelling. Mm, fantastic. So. With this huge growth in the movement, this high demand, how does this sort of make you feel about the future and, and maybe just talk a little bit more meta about, you know, is the B Corp movement, is it enough to really transform the way that we are currently functioning and treating planet and people? Yeah, look, it's a great question. And, and we think about this in the context of our growth in the first instance. So how big do we need to be? As large organisations become B Corps, the number of B Corps is less relevant, um, but perhaps the number of people employed by B Corps becomes a more relevant sort of KPI for us. But even that, we recognise that our model is based on the idea that B Corps are the highest performers. What we really need is a much bigger tail of businesses who are actively measuring and managing their impact, thinking about how we designed, not just for profit, but for impact. What's the impact we're having on our people, place and planet? So I think for us, that's the true target is, is driving more and more businesses to start off by, by measuring and managing, irrespective of where they end up. I think that, is that enough? Well, the reality is some of the challenges that we're facing are quite fundamental and they're gonna take a lot of actors to solve them. It's the role of government, business and community organizations and people on an individual basis to make choices that help steer us in a different direction. But I think bringing it back to the business world, it's 50 years ago this year that Milton Friedman wrote his seminal piece about the role of businesses to drive shareholder profits effectively. And that doctrine, and it's a deeper conversation, but that doctrine's probably done a huge amount of harm over the last 50 years by creating this really simplistic idea that business is not responsible other than for making money. And the reality is that that is held out as, I think, an excuse when convenient because the reality is we know businesses are more complicated like, than that. But I think it's really significant that all businesses um, do need to think about what impact they're having on a number of levels. And it's not just about avoiding negative impact. It's really thinking about how can I make money and make a difference at the same time. And unless we get that to a really mainstream level, we're going to continue to be creating the problems so it's not just about solving our current problems, it's also about a changed mindset to say that no business should exist that creates external costs it's not responsible for or does harm to one group of people in order to bring a product to another group of people. And they're pretty fundamental basic value propositions. I think that in order to get that as a more mainstream concept, we really do need to keep talking about what is the role of business. What an exciting prospect to imagine a future where those considerations have been met. So 
why don't we sort of wrap that out with um, some calls to action, I suppose, for people out there in whether they're you know, entrepreneurs or business leaders or people in other segments of the community. What are some of those calls to action for people to take today's conversation and continue it in their own respective worlds? Sure. So I'll, I'll start with the obvious self-interested um, one, which is head to our website, which is bcorporation.com.au and, and have a look around. There's a lot of resource there for you to get educated and start thinking about assessing impact. But I would also encourage any business to, to start, well, quite frankly, start with your vision or your strategic statement or whatever you call it. Um, uh, Tim Duggan recently wrote a great book called uh, Cult Status, which really... Um, presents this very nicely, put the words, so what, at the end of your corporate strategy statement, and, and then talk to your team, talk to your um, workers, your employees, your, your business partners, and find an answer to that question. Because if your strategy is to be the biggest or the best, or even if it's not quite so egotistical, if it's just to be something, um, put the words, so what, and then, and then really kick around um, what happens next. And that's when you can start to really zero in on why am I in business and what impact could I be having? So starting at that strategic level is great and really involving the people who work in the business. I mean, the best conversations happen when you get that diverse group of people from across the business structure talking about why they're there. And, and we see that all the time in terms of one of the key value drivers for B Corps is a real lift in employee engagement. When you start to talk about why you're in business, the people who are most interested are not necessarily customers, but they're the people who show up every day to work for you. Fantastic. Well, um, I've really enjoyed this chance today to learn directly from you the bigger story behind B Corps, how you're tracking down here in the region, and of course, how people can continue the conversation and take steps in their respective worlds. Any um, final words from you today, Andrew? Anything that you'd like to mention before we close out this podcast? I just look all power to you and your mission. Uh, I think that you're really zeroing in on a very important issue. And I think, again, it, it, it's about empowering people to make choices in their daily lives as to who they give their consumer dollar to, who they give their investment dollar to, particularly through super funds. Um, so uh, I love the fact that you're celebrating some really important stories for businesses that are going to make a great difference to, to hopefully saving, saving our oceans. So um, thank you for your work. Thank you so much for your time, Andrew, and everyone can take those calls to action and check out more about B Lab Australia and New Zealand. Again, thank you for your time, mate.